Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. I'm Jeff Jones, and my partner in crime, Steve Foster. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of things tonight, but uh, first thing we're going to do is uh, what we always do. Steve, you been doing any shooting? You know, Jeff, I've been doing some practicing. Uh, <laughs> I can't resist the urge, Jeff. <laughs> I can't. Do I it. Mean, do it. Where have you been uh, practicing? At the home range. <laughs> <laughs> I said to myself, Steve, you know what? I think people are sick and tired besides Tom Nealon. He's uh, he's not sick and tired of it. Talk about the home range. So uh, I was going to give it a buy this week, but sorry about that. Maybe no, no. Some, some things never change and some, thing, some things never get old. So that's one of them. <laughs> so, you've been, so I've been doing some practicing. How about you, Jeff? You've been uh, I shot the Area 6 match this weekend over in uh, Volusia County. Uh, hosted by Extreme GM, which is uh, Manny Bragg and Gorka Ibanez. Sweet. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, I saw some posts out on Facebook. It seems like it's been the year for wet matches, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, Friday, I was able to shoot and get uh, two sessions in, and uh, it was dry. Uh, Saturday, about halfway through the first session, uh, I was in my hip waders. <laughs> staying dry uh, uh, I saw but, you know that. for steel match isn't so bad you know there's only one stage you got to move it's only six feet so uh, shooting a pair of actually they're more like lineman boots but uh, it, it didn't affect me in one one all at one bit yeah I saw you over there with uh, Dandini yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's up Paul I'm sure he listens yeah, that was that was Sunday but uh, Saturday afternoon uh, the rain came down pretty hard uh, slight delay, not too bad. You know, nobody likes to shoot in the rain, especially if you're shooting a dot. Your your MOA turns into a uh, about a thirty with a nice starburst if you get a good drip on the theoretical. But uh, it, we made it through, and then Sunday was no rain whatsoever. But uh, Volusia is known for having some drainage problems, which you know they changed ownerships there and and Gorka and and Lloyd are now the owners and they are reworking all the bays and the drive into the range and they're going to have it all worked out so it's going to be top notch and so that we're really excited for that let me ask you this Jeff when you talk about shooting in the rain and all that kind of jazz and you know, Florida, it's kind of flip of a coin in the afternoon if it's going to rain or not, or at least for a little bit. Does that make any sort of impact on what guns you shoot, or did you um, re-squat some of your guns and maybe shoot irons in the rain? Or Good question, and I thought about that because I was shooting uh, one iron gun. I shot limited, and I thought about shooting that in the afternoon, and uh, I decided to stick with my plan, stick with the guns that I had chose when I wanted to shoot them, uh, because I felt that was the best way I was going to get my best finishes. And so I, I stayed that way. I know a lot of people, and it, it does, it's terrible to shoot in the rain with a dot, but what I found, and I've seen a lot of people, uh, Georgia is a perfect example, and you were at that match, um, might not have been your best times, but you still put down very solid times uh, shooting in the rain. Uh, and sometimes I feel you almost get more focused because you've got that extra element that you've got to deal with 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, Chris and I have talked about this more than a couple times because we both had really good matches at the uh, Strong Point facility. I'm not sure if they're going to do a match next year. I'll reach out to Scott and see if they're going to do one. There's been a lot of questions on social media about the schedule for 2019 that's come up. But it is interesting, um, you know, and talking with uh, talking with Chris a little bit at that match and even going in this weekend, he said, oh, I'm going to switch some guns up. So I think he shot his iron sight guns that afternoon. But uh, holy cow, I put, just pulled up the scores from the Area 6. Yeah, he, he Chris shot a fantastic match. He did. Yeah, he's got uh, the top four overall. So it's Chris Barrett, Chris Barrett, Chris Barrett. Steve Lentz, he kind of looks like Chris Barrett, and then Chris Barrett. <laughs> yeah, Steve Lentz and Chris Barrett look the same if Chris Barrett's in front of a funhouse mirror. Okay. <laughs> Steve Lentz, his twins Goldberg. Steve's a good, I, I, yeah, I guy. think you could put three Chris Barretts in a Steve Lentz. <laughs> we love you, Steve. We're only kidding. Um, no, but it was it was a really good match. Uh, it, it stayed uh, on time, which is always a plus. You know, the stages are set up correctly, uh, which, again, is always something you expect at an area match. Uh, ROs were solid, uh, you know, and we had a great time. You know, it, it was a relatively well-attended match. I think the final number was uh, 139 shooters. Um, and I do have some news that was announced at that match by Manny. And so uh, everyone who wasn't at that match, you're hearing it here. The Area 6 match is going to be at the CMP in Talladega next year. Glorious. I love, when? I, don't I, love, I love shooting at Talladega. It's like yeah. home away from home. Yep, it's a, nice, it's a very nice range. I don't know when. Uh, I don't know which organization is running it. But we were told it's going to be at the CMP next year. So uh, that should uh, bring uh, some more shooters in just because I think there's a more uh, concentrated number of shooters in that area compared to down here in Florida. Hey, Jeff, I got some great news. I talked with uh, Chris's manager, a.k.a. Jeff slash dad. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jeff? Um, we're going to have Chris Baird on the podcast next week. Uh, All right. So, I love so it. We'll get to talk to him, talk yeah. about, you know, his his journey and and his you know what he's done to to get where he is and and hopefully that can help some of our listeners i remember when i saw i think it was chase or a year ago or two years ago he shot a 64 something rimfire rifle open and at that same same venue at the uh strong point facility and i thought to myself oh my goodness this is out of control this is out of control chris barrett had four times mm -hmm. under 64 his, his PCC, yeah, his PCCO was a sixty point six five. Yep, that's the fastest PCCO time I've ever seen at a major match. Yeah, he was he was in, he was en fuego. You know, a ten eleven on outer limits. You know, eight twenty one on speed option, six eighty two on roundabout. I mean, I don't know where you squeeze out that other sixty five, but uh, if there's a place for him to find it, he'll do it. You know, you know five eighty four on smoke and hope. Pendulum. Pendulum, Jeff. 713. 713. Well, I've seen him shoot hour limits. That's where he lost that .6 seconds. He can shoot that in 9, 950. Come on, Chris Bear. Tighten up a little bit. He's dogging it. He's, 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 he had a quarter second. Okay, yeah. you know, it was it was muddy. It was wet. <laughs> we got to give the kid a break. I know, right? Get off my back. 
<laughs> no, yeah, there's no, a lot of good, great. lot of good shooters there. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned Dandini, Nealon, they were there. Uh, Steve Lintz. Uh, I was fortunate enough to come home with some uh, some senior trophies. Uh, it's it's good to get old, you know. I let all the kids win the regular stuff, and I'll I'll try to to weave my way into the senior division uh, titles. Uh, try to bring home my wood there, but uh, there was a lot of good stuff. A lot of good shooters. A lot of good fun. Good vibe. Uh, all around a good time. And a lot yeah. of people from out of town. Rich LaBracca came down from New Jersey. Um, Dave Wilde and his wife came down from Buffalo, New York. I know. I was looking forward to seeing those guys again. I met them over here at uh, the U.S. Steel Shoot over at uh, South River Guns Club here in Covington, Georgia. I was looking forward to meet up with those guys. Rick Wynn and his wife, I'm sure, were there. R.O. and shooting. And Lori O'Rear was there. And yep. That's cool. Yeah, you saw a lot of the a lot of the Florida regulars there, which was good. Yeah, I love uh, I love shooting down in Florida. It was a good group of people. Gordon was there with his girlfriend Kelly. Man, yep. those Florida Florida State guys. Yeah, that's cool. They shot pretty well. Well, that's good. Yeah, she she was funny. She uh, we got. Uh, I'll I'll tell you a little secret story about her. She got to outer limits and it was very wet. The back right corner was underwater because everybody stands there and tamps it down and of course the rain collected there and she looked at me and she's like what's the penalty if i just stand in the middle <laughs> i said it's it's four seconds of string she's like okay i think i'm going to stand in the middle <laughs> and she shot before me and so as i was walking off and i got back to my cart and i was reloading and i turned and she was taking the movement I think the four seconds was a little too much of a penalty for her. And she said, right. I can do this. So uh, in my heart, I was, I was proud of her for, for taking it off. And it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't like you're on ice. You know, it was just a little muddy. Sure. Well, a funny story about Kelly Perez. She's a, she's a great, great person. I've shot a couple of matches with her and Gordon. And fun fact about Kelly, any sort of, if it's an online contest, giveaway, <laughs> if it's a random draw, Kelly, Kelly's the person you need to like, you know, let her touch your ticket because she wins everything, Jeff. I think. She oh, is she, she the lucky duck? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was kind of teasing her at the Mississippi State Steel Challenge match. She won like three online giveaways in like a week. It, it was crazy. It was nice. Crazy. Yeah. Good nice. people. So I was surfing the web and looking at Facebook, and uh, I noticed that you uh, put up the second post of uh, a two-part article regarding the weight of your gun. And so I thought we'd talk a little bit, of, maybe a little about the first one and talk about the second one on this podcast. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good, Jeff. It's, it's an interesting and heavily debated topic in the, uh, in the shooting sports. And, you know, kind of the first article was centered a little bit around, you know, kind of the eye-opening experience I had shooting my JP GMR 13 and 15 that both have 15-inch handguards, which aren't really, you know, heavy, so to speak. But with both those guns, I was shooting a 16-inch barrel with with a compensator. And, you know, I apologize. I should look up the physics around this. But having that extra weight at the end of the gun, it makes it a little bit heavier to swing it. Yep. So to speak, there's something that, you know, I'm sure there's some uh, physics properties involved there. <laughs> but, you know, what the end result is, is, man, I was tired shooting that gun. You know, there's certain stages. I think it was 2017. I shot under eight seconds for the first time in PCC. I don't think anybody was doing it back then. But, 
you know, I shot like a seven something at the Alabama State Steel Challenge match, and uh, that landed me for a record for I don't know, probably a year year and a half or so, the fastest time I ever shot in PCC, and that's with a I think that gun was right about seven pounds or maybe seven and a quarter with an optic. And then, uh, you know, JP, you know, I told those guys early on, I said, you know, we need to kind of lighten this bad boy up just a little bit because not everybody's as buff and strong as me. No, I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I'll tell you about Colby Pavlock and his rifle here in a second. Holy cow, I picked that thing up at the World Rimfire match. Yep. He says he says it's eight pounds. He's lying. That thing's got to be at least ten or twelve pounds. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get into that here in a second. But anyway, so I was talking to JP guys about you know what we could do and so on and so forth. And and so they came up with that ultra lightweight barrel. Um, even the fourteen and a half inch, because um, you know when I got Chris uh, hooked up with JP and you know they got him a gun and all that kind of stuff. Is the ultra lightweight barrel wasn't around yet. So we got a 14 and a half inch pinned uh, barrel with a comp. Even that gun, it feels it feels like it's a pound lighter just because of the swinging motion. And Chris shoots it exceptionally well. And then even with the ultra lightweight barrel, it probably is you know maybe a half a pound or 0.75 pounds lighter than the 16 inch uh, GMR 15, my green gun that I have. And uh, you know we talked a little bit about it on the podcast, but within the first, it was I think it was this. By the second range session, or I'm sorry, the second local match that I shot, I had, and we only shoot six stages, and typically they're the same six stages, and so I shot six personal bests just because of, you know, having a little bit of extra, extra weight out of the front end and just being a little bit lighter. And so the first article talked a little bit about that, and then I went into uh, Wyland USA. They've been selling some comps and some barrels and so on and so forth. And Todd reached out to me and said, hey, man, you want to try one of my barrels? And I said, well, what's so special about it, Todd? He said, dude, it's awesome. I said, oh, okay, that's not the first time I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, sure, man. So um, he actually sent me two barrels, and one um, I helped out a, a junior shooter with because she's a young, a young lass and, uh, you know, not quite as strong to swing uh, even a lightweight barrel. But what it is, it's an 11-ounce barrel, and it's about, I know Todd's probably going to cringe. It's probably right around five, a 5-inch five barrel. It's got this somehow pressed-on sleeve. So initially I thought the sleeve was aluminum, and the shroud was aluminum, but actually it's, it's, a, thin, uh, it's a thin steel that he's turned, turned way down. And so the uh, all the weight of the barrel is back towards the shooter, and it's 11 ounces compared to other barrels that are 15 or 16 ounces that are lightweight. We're not into brand shaming here, Jeff. So well, you know uh, that same thing is 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 what's happening with the JP. I've actually got one on yep. order and, and waiting for my lightweight to come in. Is that it's not necessarily the half a pound that came off; it's where it came off, and Absolutely. it changes the center of gravity of the gun. Absolutely. Yep. And exactly it puts that right. center of gravity more in into where you're holding the gun and you're you know, you're you're twisting a lot less weight. Right, 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 right. You know, and I I've you know, when I first started, uh, you know, I well <laughs> I think the very first match I ever shot was in Rimfire Pistol Iron and I shot an M and P compact twenty two. Nice. And after that, I realized I wanted to shoot a dot. <laughs> uh, and I went to the, I went to the Smith and Wesson victory because I was a USPSA shooter first. 
and, and had heavy guns and, and always liked a heavy gun. And so I've always been a proponent uh, of having a, a heavier gun uh, when it comes to pistols. Now with rifles, it, it varies. Um, I know a lot of people have gone to, I mean, there are some PCCs out there that are barely over five pounds. Right. And I know a lot of people that shoot those, mostly women, because it's lighter for them to hold. And I think that's perfect. Um, I like to have a little meat under my arm when I'm shooting. Uh, I, I like, I think I can stop the gun faster and it sounds like an oxymoron, but that's what you end up doing in this game is you stop fast. Uh, you know, whether you're coming off a plate and, and moving on in the same direction or doing a direction change, uh, you have to stop fast. And, and I think I can do that a little better with a, with a heavier gun. That being said, I'm very excited about shooting the lightweight because I'm going to have just a little less weight and it's going to be redistributed towards the center of the gun. Um, and I think I'm going to be able to snap that gun and, and hopefully have the same success you have. Yeah, and Jeff, I, I think that there's a fine balance back to the PCC, and I'll get back to the Wyland thing here in a second, their barrel. But with the PCC in Wyland, uh, USA makes a great PCC barrel as well, and I think it's pretty affordable, maybe 170 bucks or something like that. But, um, you know, it, when I went from a 16-inch barrel to the ultra-lightweight, there was just a dash more sight interruption. So when we talk about the turn term, and I put it in uh, in the, the second installment, when we talk about the term um, return, meaning that as soon as you fire the trigger, where the gun returns back into battery, it's where the sights are at when, when the recoil is, is over. There's a slight more of a sight disruption that happens with the ultra lightweight barrel compared to my 16-inch barrel. I could probably shoot that thing with one hand, couldn't do it for long, but shoot it for one hand, and, you know, the dot really never moves. Mm -hmm. The ultra lightweight, I found myself pulling in on the gun a decent amount to try to mitigate it, and I run the short stroke system with what they call the slide five. It's got five stainless uh, weights on the buffer. I may try one tungsten and four stainless, but I've been afraid because it's just been running like an absolute sewing machine and just to take a little off. But I do like that setup because it's a little bit more snappy mm -hmm. and I never feel like I'm waiting on the gun because, I, you know, my other gun, I was looking at my uh, old SCS from my JP, my GMR 13, and it, it will run 950 feet per second bullets, 115 grain. But it's got uh, three, I think it's three tungsten and one stainless. I just just took it out of my bag because I was doing a little testing, if you will. And, you know, it felt like the bolt was just a little bit sluggish, and it's a weird sensation. So instead of thinking about shooting and my target acquisition and processing that information, I was like, oh, is there something? No, okay, it's good. Now let me pull the trigger. Right, it's drawing your attention away yeah, from yeah, yeah. what you need to focus on. Yeah, yeah, and that split second, well, it may not seem like a big deal, but if it's point one, I mean, there are major championships out there that are um, determined by half of a second or less, and we talked yep. about it, you know, not too long ago, uh, U.S. Steel, the U.S. Steel shoot a couple of years ago, the top three guys were all within uh, 0.5 seconds of one another. I mean, a total a total difference of the two. But wait a minute, one, wait a minute. Sorry. Shameless plug. You mean the match that I got third in? No, it was the year before. Oh, because <laughs> the year the year after uh, uh we had uh, uh three, four, and five. Uh, so uh, Casey won it, uh Cole was second, 
Uh, I was third, uh, beat Ron Oliver by 0.07 seconds and wow, was crazy. ahead of Tony Martin by like 0.14. I mean, it was wow. crazy. We were that all right there. Yep. So th this Wyland barrel, so I, I'm interested because of the results that, are, that I had with the JP. I mean, and, you know, I shoot a fair amount. And, uh, you know, to have that type of results instantaneous, I was like, man, I got to, you know, do some. You know, you can't really buy your game, so to speak, outside of having stuff that runs. And, but things feel differently based on your shooting tendencies. And so what I did was, uh, you know, I got this Wyland USA barrel, put it on my um, Tactical Solutions X-Ring, which is a light, you know, aluminum receiver. It's got a steel bolt and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you could you could definitely feel the difference in, in the weight. So you're only talking four or five ounces between the different barrels, but it's not just the four or five ounces where the weight was um, from one from one barrel to, to another. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I talked about that in the first one and and uh, a small update on the Wyland USA barrel. And that's why, you know, we have good partners and relationships and, you know, Todd's like, hey, shoot this thing and let me know what you think. So I was shooting it offhand at 35 yards. Thing was a freaking tech driver, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not a precision shooter anywhere even close to it. But, you know, a 10-shot group, they're all right on top of each other at 35 yards. So, hell, this thing's all right. Uh oh, is that Todd calling you? Sorry about that. You can edit that out. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's Todd. He's, he wants to talk about his barrel. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening. He's that's amazing. Right. That's right. <laughs> So we uh, so after about 250 rounds, I was having a couple of failures to eject, and so in partnering with with Todd um, because I was running Ely Force, and that's what I run through my guns. And uh, two things: one is is that he's got a bent style chamber, and I didn't know anything about this sort of stuff, Jeff. But Todd's a lot smarter than me, and it's more of a precision match grade uh, barrel, so that's why you get the, that type of accuracy. Mm -hmm. So I sent my barrel back to him, and he's putting a sporting chamber in it, which uh, hopefully I don't mess this up. It's 0. 0.0350 uh, difference, and the human hair is 0. 0.004. So it's less wow. than a human hair is what he's reaming it out to be. And the other thing that we talked about, and it's going to be pretty cool, similar to my JP, he's actually going to lighten it up just a dash, and he's going to put in some porting in the front of the barrel but the cool part about the barrel is with that shroud it's got a hollow effect so it's it's louder than so you don't really need a comp but you know he said it looked cool and i'm like hey todd i'm into custom and looking cool so why don't you uh why don't you do that and send it back to me the other the other thing that i experienced with that barrel and he's got a solution for it so people that have bought them listen up he's got a a foam piece that goes over the top because that shroud it does when I say it gets hot sun, it gets hot probably after 200 rounds. It's, it gets pretty warm to the touch. So I put some, uh, I think it's silicone tape on mine mm -hmm. just to deflect a little bit of the heat. Um, but anyway, so more tests to come on that. And then um, after getting my, if you didn't know, Jeff, I got a new CWA uh, race gun. Oh, we saw the post and it's a beauty. Oh, my gosh, Jeff, I swear to God, it is the nicest pistol i've ever shot well so, let's talk about the pistols for a second yeah. um, yep. we did a good job on the rifles you know you've shot a number of pistols through the years in fact if i'm not mistaken when you first started weren't you shooting a buck mark back in the day back in the day so yep. you shot a number of different 
pistols. I know you own a bunch. Um, and I'm guessing they all come in at different weights. The Buckmark's not known for being a heavy gun, is it? No, it, it really isn't. But I put on um, I put on a tactical solution barrel on both of them, so it lightened it up. And then the other thing that uh, John at SJC did for me, and they were a prototype. I put on uh, two brass um, magwells, so it offers a little bit of weight there. And I'm telling you what. Jeff, when you buff those things, they look like they're they're solid gold. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So it's it, it's a it's a lighter top end type uh, type gun. Right. So the CWA, what's that? What's that coming in uh, weight wise? So I put that bad boy on the scale with the optic, and as you see it, you know, with the magwell, and you know, not playing games, just took it and dropped it right on the scale. And small disclaimer, my oldest daughter wants to be a guinea pig breeder. I mean, she breeds guinea pigs. Hey, Jeff, do you know anybody needs a guinea pig? Because I got a couple. I know a range they could run around on. <laughs> I do, too. Free-range <laughs> guinea pigs. There you go. So, we got, <laughs> so she has a, So she takes great care of her guinea pigs. She knows more about guinea pigs than any six people I've ever met. But anyway, she's got a little scale, so I threw it on her guinea pig scale, and it was exactly 41 ounces. Yeah, see, I, I see that now. I think a lot of people would consider that to be a heavy gun, and I'm thinking I would love that gun because I personally like a heavy pistol. Um, I know uh, you talked in the article uh, about getting a Legion, and and I have one as well, and I have a 320 X5. And personally, you know, I went out and I like the X5, and I I shot that in the match. It's bone stock, stock tr uh, trigger. Uh, I did put the Go Guns gas pedal on it shot it in carry optics and shot it great two weeks later i had the legion did the exact same thing sorry it wasn't carry optics it was uh production uh two weeks later uh shot the limit uh shot the production with the 320 x5 legion six personal bests and I wow, that's put awesome. it down. I, I mean, there's no way I got that much better in two weeks. So, you know, you look at only having changed one thing. It was the gun. And the gun weighs, I think, 10 ounces heavier. And it, even when you, you know, you've got, you don't have a great grip, that weight really helps keep that gun down and, and keeps the, uh, the dot on target or the sights in this case. Yeah, and that, that's exactly, you know, part of the, um, because my other CWA gun, I apologize, it's been a little bit since I weighed it, but it's it's an all-aluminum gun. It's a single stack uh, 1911 frame, which is aluminum, and the, of course, the slides are aluminum and, and what have you. So I think that gun's probably in the 33, 34 rounds, so it's a little bit on the on the lighter side it, with a slide-mounted optic and all that kind of kind um, kind of of jazz. And so I told Chet, you know, because I've shot other people's CWA guns, and I did have two of his uh, early models when he said, hey, I'm going to start building uh, 1911s and offering a full gun um, with his conversion kits. And so he sent me one with um, aluminum frame and then one with a steel frame, 1911. The, the steel one had a full-length dust cover. Mm-hmm. Didn't put that bad boy on the scale, but it had to been fifty ounces. That thing was. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no weight like, limit in steel challenge. <laughs> oh, that thing was like a boat anchor swinging it, and, and so, you know, it's interesting that because you and I talked a long time about this, and you know, Tom, and Fish, and those guys are like, man, you got to get one of these legions. They're awesome, 
And so I made the mistake and went to a gun store and picked one up and racked the slide. I'm like, yeah, you're right, fellas. I need to get one, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got Jeff over here going, Steve, you got to get one. You got to get one. You got to shoot one. You gotta... But but it's very similar. I, you know, I'm not sure if you've weighed your legion. That's probably somewhere in that same, you know. 43 and a half. Yeah, yep, somewhere right right in that range. And the the, the appeal to me is is that – you know, with the Legion, it's got that tungsten-infused grip, so you got really the majority of the weight is sitting right in your hand. It's not yep. reciprocating weight. And so um, with the CWA gun, so if you kind of look from the bottom up, the Magwell is, is made out of alone, not a lot of weight. The uh, grip itself, the it's a double stack width grip, but it's a single, um, it takes a single stack magazine, the GSG magazine, and so that was honed or um, machined out of aluminum. The grip safety actually, check corrected me, is actually made out of steel. Um, I thought it was aluminum, but a lot of the other internal parts, you know, not a lot of weight, but with the 2011 platform, you know, you've got different options of what you make that uh, the frame out of, and yep. this one is steel. And I told him, I said, man, you know, I like a little bit more of the weight in my hands because after I got my, you know, aluminum uh, framed one with aluminum slide, I'm like, man, I wish I would have went with, you know, a steel grip because it's just a little bit, it's it's a little bit heavier than like a 2245 light, but it still feels a little bit whippy in my hands. I love shooting. I have to bear down on it. Um, but what he did was, is he took, and I posted pictures in that blog post where he took out sections of that frame to lighten it up a little bit on the front end and still have, you know, plenty of mass there to get a good feeling. And then, you know, it's got all the other trinkets on the side, but this, the slide, and he makes all these parts, that slide is made out of aluminum. It's got a steel barrel because you want to stand the, the test of time. And then, you know, there's not a lot of weight. So once you rack the slide on that thing, the reciprocating weight of the gun is virtually, you know, it's, it's negligible. And so part of, the, uh, part of the post that I put out there is out on YouTube. I did a slow-mo with it so you can kind of see the gun. The front of the gun barely, barely moves. But what I talked about in the post is when you see the return of the optic, the optic is coming back, and it's, it's going exactly back in the same exact spot every single time. And what that looks like as a shooter, when I pull that up on target, I squeeze the, gun, squeeze the trigger as fast as I can, and it's like the dot's barely moving on yep. the target. Certainly not moving off the target, but barely on that target. And, man, it's, uh, whew, you know, I, I've, got a, I've got a couple of guns. Hopefully my wife's not listening. But <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't sell them for what you told her you paid oh, for. Oh, amen to that, brother. <laughs> I'm getting a new safe here in another week, so I'll tell you more about that another time. But So it, it's, it's interesting. So I had speed option uh, set up, so I went out and shot speed option, and I know you're kind of busting my chops on the last podcast. But overall, I was shooting it. You know, because it's not one of these things that you go out and shoot like four or five hundred rounds and go, oh, yeah, look at that. I shot speed option 1.8 seconds every yeah, the, single Yeah, they're time. all blind squirrel runs. Yeah, you don't right, see you all know the I mean? eight shots and, oh, and three yeah. misses. Yeah. <laughs> so so I went out there cold with the with the gun after I'd sighted it in a couple of days previous and shot a couple of rounds. So I waited two days, went out there and shot the gun. And, you know, on average, I was right in that high one one nine range. And it just... The only way to explain it is is that when you shoot SEAL Challenge a lot, so on and so forth, it's not that, you know, that muscle memory and all that other nonsense. It's it's the dot or the gun is where you expect it to be when you're getting ready to 
just before you pull the trigger. Yep. And so if you shoot it enough, over the course of time, you're swinging the gun, and the gun's exactly where it needs to be. And so it's, the sight acquisition is extremely fast, and I do see the dot on every single shot, and it was just, it was just there. And I think what happens is with that little bit of extra weight in my hands, it, it just it, it was right where it should be where with an all aluminum gun or a letter gun had a tendency to dance around a little bit and so well you know that I, that's a concept that, that I've talked to a number of people about uh specifically on the on the first shot which generally I just call the draw yes we don't draw right, with a right, fire right. we don't draw with a PCC but I still call it the draw cuz it makes it easy and I see so many people thinking they've got to race as fast as they can to the first plate it's not a bad concept the problem is most of them drive past it yeah and then they have to come back and when you get them to settle down and go you, you get them to stop and think and you show them the gun has to stop you know for Absolutely. those that remember i guess it's geometry or or whatever x and y motion are independent so in most every instance you know, take a, a, a speed option, take an accelerator. Your first motion after shooting is 180-degree direction change on the x-axis, which means the gun has to come to stop, at least going left to right. Right. And probably stopping up to down because as you're bringing it up, once it's at the height of the plates, unless you're shooting pendulum, the, the gun doesn't need to come down anymore. It's at sure. the right height if the stage is set up correctly. So the gun's got to stop. So I try to get people to understand that as you're bringing the gun up, the real goal is to pull the trigger at the same time you're stopping the gun right. and then learn how to do that fast. Yep. And it's, it's the same kind of thing you're talking yeah. about here where, you know, again, with the transitions, the, the, the gun, the dot, the sights are there when you expect them to be there. And, you know, it's with that. You know, speed options a great stage to practice or trial that on because it's such a wide transition and you have got some longer shots. So you got some fast shots and you got some medium shots and the slow shot in there. But you know, then I was like, okay, now now let's move on to a stage that's a little bit quicker. So I threw a roundabout because I didn't want to lug any 18 by 24. <laughs> Jeff, I got lazy. I'm just saying, brother. So uh, so I set up roundabout um, and man, it was. Similar type of results, you know, coming out of coming out of it cold, I was 0.1 seconds faster per string than than what I'd been shooting previously with with my other gun. The other interesting part is, and you and I talked a little bit about it earlier, is I had so much confidence in that gun. I was shooting some low one sixes and some high one fives, and I just don't shoot them that fast. That's what I shoot my rifles in. So it'll be interesting with a little bit more practice, a little bit more time, and a little bit more confidence to see if I can uh, shoot roundabout and, you know, that 6.4 range, somewhere in there. But if I can do that with this gun, oh, my goodness. You know, so it's it's the gun runs like, like a demon. It looks fantastic, and, you know, it, it's 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 an awesome it's an awesome gun. But it goes back to the conversation about, what's better heavy heavy or light and so it kind of depends on on you and we talked a little bit about the shooter tendency and you know uh, you and i've joked about it before you get up there with a handgun it's like grip the gun okay yeah. <laughs> are you ready stand by yep i'm ready now because i'm gonna grip the gun and uh that's that's one of my tendencies man it's and we all have them um 
<laughs> if you don't know what yours is, come down and see me, and I'll tell you what yours is. It's uh, it's me gripping the gun with a handgun. It's it's always been that way, and for whatever reason. So despite me reminding myself, having a little bit more weight in my hands, whether it's the Legion, and I, you know, took that out and put it through its paces. The other day, I got my Red Hill Tactical Holster, which man, that thing, those things should be illegal. <laughs> those things are so good. They're almost to me, it's as fast as just a regular uh, race holster. Yeah. You, know, you loosen up the tension a little bit and take that baby out of there. And, you know, I was shooting my Legion in practice. Oh, man, I can only hope I have close, similar times to that at, uh, you know, my next my next local match or major match that I shoot with it because I had so much confidence in that gun. But it's interesting, similar grip angle to, uh, to my CWA, the 2011 style. It just, they felt very, very similar. Now, one, when the buzzer goes off, I got to take it out of a holster. But they, uh, you know, having that type of feel in a handgun, I love it. I know there's a couple other people out there. Kurt Grimes probably already stopped listening because he's all about, you know, making stuff as light as possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, him and I, I think we'll just have to agree to disagree on this one. We well, don't have think be, may not it, be for everybody, though, you know. Well, and that's a really good point. Because I think going out there and saying, well, this game is fast, I need the lightest gun possible, or I'm a USPS shoot, USPSA shooter, I need the heaviest gun possible, you have to get out there and do it. And the one thing that I know that I've been able to do, and I've done it with you, and I've done it with a lot of other people, and people have done it for me, is shoot somebody else's gun. See what it feels right. like. Absolutely. You know? Um, I was able, I didn't shoot the Legion, but my neighbor has one and he let me borrow, borrow it and, and hold it. And, and I, you know, immediately fell in love with it. I said, this is going to be perfect for steel challenge. And you alluded to something in the second episode or second installment of the blog post you wrote, where you talked about how your grip weakens during the stage. Yeah. And it was funny. I shot with uh, a number of people this weekend uh, and shooting pistols. And we all joked that most times for a right-handed shooter, when you miss, it's your left hand's fault. Right. Because you weren't gripping the gun. Sure. And the same thing holds true for rimfire. And, you know, the next time any of uh, the listeners are out there and you're shooting, whether you're in practice or whether you're shooting a match, and you start missing high or low, it's probably because your grip. Um, and it could be left and right because, again, if you you know you're you're going to get that that twist. And again, you know the, the the classic, you know, if you go up to a target and all the shots are low left, you can pretty much figure they were shooting a Glock. <laughs> <laughs> With the but ten it, you know, but it is, Yeah, it is. It, again, you know, I, I was I was talking with with some of the kids that I've been training, and they said, well, when I pulled the trigger, the the sights are on the target. And I said, yeah, but where are the sights when the bullet leaves the barrel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Well, clearly they weren't on sight. And we talked about it with Shannon and, and, and other people. And I said, you know, if you could hold that gun out there with two fingers and the gun perfectly sighted in and you were able to pull the trigger and not disturb the sights, do you think you'd hit the target? And they always say no. Well, yeah, because the gun's going to bounce. But the stronger you could put that grip on there and keep that barrel at the dist or at the uh, alignment for keeping the target in sight, got a much better chance of hitting the target. Sure, sure. 
So let's let's talk about uh, Colby uh, and his uh, twenty five pound gun. See what happened there, Jeff? It just got heavier as the yeah. podcast went on. Well, is so, this the same one that he shot at uh, the yeah. World Speed Shoot? Oh, it certainly is. So he's so, shooting for Volkwartzen. Tell yep. us about the gun. Man, it was. <laughs> so he was behind us and um, at the World Rimfire match. There was a couple times where, let's just say, we had a little extra time on our hands. So Colby had his, uh, he was showing somebody, I don't even know who it was, Plankster, or somebody like that, his gun. It was at the safe area at the stage right. I said, hang on a second, Colby. Keep that bad boy out. Let's see what's going on here. He's like, man. He said, you want to check it out? I said, heck yeah. He said, go ahead. I picked up that gun, Jeff. I swear to goodness, it was like a 10-pound, like picking up a 10-pound weight, probably even heavier. And he says, oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, eight pounds or something. I think the stock is eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a Volkortsen-made stock. I think Scott made it specifically for him. I don't know if it's a bench rest or 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 whatever type of stock that what I will say about the stock, it really is a work of art in, in the reason why I say that is the adjustment of the length of pole and the comb on the stock was very, very well done. So congratulations. I mean that it, it was a very, very, very nice stock. So you know, you I've think- seen that kind of stock on the Volkortsen site before they may have done something special for Colby, but yeah, that is clearly a, um, more of a, a precision stock than it is uh, for you know a, you know what a classic steel challenge. Yeah, and I, I thought to myself, Jeff, maybe I'll get one of those and play around. I think they're like seven or eight hundred dollars. So I figured, <laughs> you know what? We'll put that one on the back burner for now. I'm not that interested in playing around with it. But it, it's got a. It looked like it had a carbon fiber barrel, and in Scott and I and Colby and I have talked about this before. Uh, Colby likes a little bit of the weight a little bit back and so for the last couple of years he's been running um a steel receiver instead of the uh ultra or super lightweight i think is what he calls it the um the aluminum receiver so he runs the steel receiver which i get but you know once that gun i i see a lot of value in it because it's all the weight is back in your shoulder i think if you can lighten up that stock a little bit i think they're on to something just because it it just i mean the gun for being heavy i wouldn't want to shoot it all day but the gun for being that heavy pivots extremely quickly i was surprised uh maybe need to take a little bit of weight out of the forend and uh you know adjust it that way but it 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 was heavier than what it looks for sure but it, again i can't say it enough that you know picking that gun up and transitioning a little bit the gun spun on you pretty quick i mean it was surprisingly how how quick that it uh that it moved and I think having that level of adjustment out there hopefully there's some other stock manufacturers that make them more adjustable um, than just the plain wood ones I know there's a couple other options out there but um, I, I know some people are working on it to make it like an infinite type adjustment or you know three inch length the pole or three inch comb rise or whatever because that's one of the biggest complaints I get from people is they can't find a stock that fits their face especially fat face like mine isn't um isn't the stock that Billy's building, Billy Striplin is building for the Buckmarks, um, isn't that highly adjustable? It re- oh, man, I'm telling you what. So um, Rhonda Jones received delivery of her Buckmark rifle from Billy Striplin, and I was like, you know what? Look, look, 
I said, Brenda, can I touch it? And she's like, <laughs> Steve, not being you creepy. Uh, this isn't being she creepy. Said, <laughs> she says, when you say it that slow and soft, it does sound kind of <laughs> creepy, Steve. So yes, you may. <laughs> Love you, Rhonda. So so I picked it up and similar similar type concept, but just a, a heck of a lot lighter. And Billy's made a couple of um, enhancements since uh, he made Grant's gun a while ago, and that gun. The same 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 type of thing. I, I think it's a carbon fiber barrel, but all the weight is back towards you. And I think that gun's right around four four pounds, four and a quarter somewhere in there. So it's 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 on the lighter lighter side, um, but all the weight is is back towards you. And um, so I think I'm about 12 months into a 24 month wait. So uh, I'll be getting one at some point. But that gun in you know same same type of adjustment it's got a length of pull adjustment you know on the butt stock and then yep. you can uh, adjust it up and down it's not it's not infinite but it's pretty significant either direction but billy i mean he just the guy's the bad scientist man he he makes some quality high quality stuff and I'm not sure how much Rhonda said, well, I just wanted one. I'm like, Rhonda, can I, can I shoot it? And she's like, no, no, Steve, I'm probably just going to hang on to it. I'm not going to shoot it. I said, no, 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 you got to shoot that gun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you may see Jenna sporting it next year or something. I don't know. But, but nice. same type of concept, though. The weight is back towards your shoulder, and the gun pivots so, so fast. So it's unfair that Grant shoots that gun. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because uh, – I don't want to say we're necessarily in the golden age of guns, but there's a lot of new concepts uh, coming out now. You know, you, you look back, you know, PCC is still a very young platform. And, I mean, when they started out, it was like, you know, how can we make this AR shoot 9mm? Uh, and now you've got companies that are, you know, JP and, and many others that are, you know, putting out precision pieces of equipment. Uh, and now taking it to the next level with, you know, the short stroke systems, uh, trigger systems, uh, barrel systems. I mean, it's just, it just amazes me, um, you know, where we're going and, and what are we going to see, you know, in the future? Yeah, it's, there, there's a lot of smart people working on some cool stuff. And, you know, outside of the shootability stuff that we've talked about, I mean, if you go out on social media, there's a guy, um, Elsie, that with EWD Designs, He's making some cool, cool grips. You know, he sent me his, uh, a set of titanium uh, grips. I think they're right around 350 a piece. But he's got, he calls them like a Velcro style, and I put them on my, uh, my 1911 for my CWA. Love those grips, and he's now going to offer an aluminum set. But, you know, he's got a bunch of customized colors. He works with Daryl Ralph, DDR, making, you know, custom colors and designs, and there may or may not be a set. Let's go have a logo on them pretty soon. But, you know, it's just these guys are, you know, you see some of these, uh, there's a company called, what are they, Optimum Manufacturing. They're out of North Carolina. They're, uh, you know, creating or milling Damascus slides for 1911s. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy yep. what people are doing nowadays. And it's, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But go over to, uh, to see Brian Conley with Hunter's HD Gold at any any match. He's got a slew of guns, and him and I were on the phone tonight talking about what's exciting going on in 2020. And he's got a couple uh, he's got a couple of new ones that when he took delivery of today, it's an open gun. I'll leave it at that. 
and then he's got a couple of others that uh, that are that are coming in that are just all tricked out, customized. I mean, it's 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 pretty cool. Well, you know what you should do, Steve, is is you know go to a match and f- tell Brian you forgot your gun because those guns aren't just for show. Uh, oh yeah. If you have problems with a gun uh, and you need a replacement, and the range master approves it, you can borrow one of Brian's guns. And uh, and I've seen it happen. Um, not 100% sure. I'm like 99% sure that at the World Speed Shoot, I think Luigi shot one of Brian's guns. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, I got. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody's gonna be mad at me telling the story, but hey, you know what? We're all friends here. Oh, so at the <laughs> woo, at the uh, World Rimfire match here a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're out at dinner chilling hanging out and catching up with you know like 50 of our closest friends and uh you know billy's like hey did grant tell you what happened to his gun so you know i walked over grant smacked him i said what happened to your gun he shot out the barrel so i had over a hundred thousand rounds on it so at like 15 yards man it you know couldn't hold like a 10 inch group oh jeez. Like, so i was like holy cow i said what are you gonna do billy so well i don't really have an extra but you know what i'm gonna do i said what's that and uh so I'll, now I'm going to switch the story to the other perspective. So I was talking to Brian Conley with Hunter's HD Gold. He said, you never guess what that Billy Striplin did. Did I he said, repossess the gun? No. Oh, it's better than that. <laughs> Jeff, are you sitting down, Jeff? I am. So, so he says, yeah, Billy came up to me. He said, Grant, shout out the barrel of his, you know, uh, Browning Buckmark rifle and da-da-da. I want to know if I could, uh, you know, if Billy could borrow mines for Grant to shoot. And I said, yeah, that's cool. He said, no, Steve, you don't understand. I said, what's that? He said, Billy literally stripped my gun, put the parts on Grant's gun, (laughs) and then put my gun back together. And Billy says, hey, Brian, you may not want anybody to shoot that. Oh, that's classic. So, yeah, that's awesome. It's classic, yeah. Not yeah, he needs a not for competition use sticker on it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, one, showroom one. only. <laughs> a little sticker says not this one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's uh, funny. Anyway, was, so that's 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 the heavy versus light. It's Yeah, I think it know, was I think it was a good. It was a good conversation. Yeah. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, you, you like I said, try different guns. Talk to people. Uh, see what you like. Uh, a lot of it is personal preference. I know when I first started sure. shooting and, and, and we got to meet, um, you were all about the heavy JP. Yeah. Cause that's Absolutely. what you knew. Absolutely. And, uh, and again, I, I think the key is don't just assume that heavy or light, try it out, talk to friends, uh, shoot their guns, uh, shoot Brian's guns, uh, and try it out and see what you can do. <laughs> Bring your Allen head wrench set with you. That's right. Yeah. You, just yeah. Just don't shoot the rifle. Or you, you can shoot it. Just don't expect to hit anything. You, you know the the last point about this entire conversation, and and I may have talked about it in the first article, and I know I've talked about it before in my blog post, but to make sure that you get a gun that is reliable. So who cares how light or heavy it is or anything like that? If it doesn't go bang every single time or you know, it's okay. They're man, they're man-made machines and all that kind of stuff. So you will have a failure at some point, just like the conversation, you know, if you get a hundred thousand rounds out of a barrel, nobody's going to be mad and say, Oh, that barrel is a piece of junk. No, it's just, it. you know, these things, these things wear. And so, uh, if you're just getting started, you know, get yourself a 2245 light or, 
a victory or a buck mark or something like that. And then, you know, Tandem Cross makes some great upgrades. And then my, my opinion is as soon as you know that you want to do this on some sort of serious level, try to buy the best gun that you can afford. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of rifle guys out there, you know, PCCs. I do still think that whether I'm sponsored by JP or not, they make the best PCC out of the market because they just, you know, they're all engineered. So every piece goes together the way that's supposed to together and it all works. And I'm not discounting other, other PCCs out there because I'm sure there's some other great ones and same thing with rifles. I mean, there's some great rifle manufacturers out there, but try to try to get something that's somewhat, you know, custom, you, you know, 22 or uh, 10, 22 off the shelf, eh, you know, with a five pound trigger pull, you know, that'll get you somewhere, but then invest in the, in the right types of guns. And there's a couple uh, uh, high level 10, 22 makers out there making some good stuff. And then, you know, same thing with pistols. There's only a couple, a couple people out there that are making uh, custom um, production, um, 2211s. You know, yeah, 2211s or 22 handguns. There's only a couple of them out there. You got really two choices as far as I could see it, you know, and Chet's relatively new on the market. But if you want to buy a gun because you're not as technically inclined as I am, and I'm not that technically inclined, you're either going to go get a Volkwurz and Scorpion. If you like that type of, type of gun, Scott's a great guy, does a lot for the sport and his guns run. Or if you like the 1911 platform or the 2011 platform, you know, Chet's uh, – Chet's, Chet's selling a lot of guns right now, and, you know, because off the shelf, that gun is, you know, it's got all the tricks to it, too. It's got a, you know, double undercut handguard. It's got, you know, a thumb safety. It's got a, um, you know, a, a nice mag well and the recessed um, um, mainspring that gets your grip up just a little bit higher. You know, it's got a lot of those cool custom features that you can buy like any other high dollar, you know, 2011 custom open pistol. So there's a couple of great options out there, but, you know, get started in it, find something that you like. And then to your point, Jeff, try stuff and make sure it runs and you're going to be happy shooting this game. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on your gun. It doesn't matter how fancy it looks. Uh, it doesn't matter how many parts you put on it. If it doesn't go bang, you want to trade it for something else. Absolutely. So, well, good discussion, Jeff. Absolutely, Steve. Hey, you know what? We still got that uh, uh, little bit of time here. Why don't you give out that uh, coupon code for uh, rangestore.net? Yeah, if you need some goodies, use discount code STPODCAST10 for 10% off out on rangestore.net. And remember, if you're if you got a home range where you go through a lot of paint, or if you're a club or you're a match director and you go through a lot of paint, uh, set it and forget it. I know we talked about that last time. Absolutely. Get uh, auto, the five, the auto renewal program. It's yeah. uh, amazing. It's it's we're signed up and ready to go. Five percent off and free free shipping and shipping can be uh, can be pretty expensive nowadays. So give that uh, give that a shot. Excellent. Well, Steve, I hope to see you soon. Uh, and I guess that's it. <laughs> Have a good night, Jeff. <laughs> good night, everybody. Bye bye. Bye.